0: Foundations.
1: They were telling the stories of all the Gentiles throughout Asia Minor, all coming to faith. And of course, the Pharisee believers would say, yeah, let's get them circumcised. Let's get them eating right. <laughs> and Paul and Barnabas are going, no, <laughs> yeah, you've got it wrong.
0: Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. The debate among the first church over keeping the law of Moses in order for Gentiles to join the church was an important one and quite contentious. In recent programs we've looked at arguments for and against circumcision, dietary laws and the rest of the Mosaic law. And this time we're going to find out the council's conclusion and ruling on these matters.
1: Yeah, it was interesting in our last conversation we looked at the beginning of the Jerusalem council. You read about it in Acts 15 it became really apparent that there were so many Gentiles who were coming to faith in Christ, which is fantastic news. And then some of the members of the church who were actually Pharisees who'd come to faith in Christ. But remember, these guys were experts in the law, Mm. and they had been taught from their grandpa's knee about the Jewish law, about being circumcised, keeping Shabbat, eating kosher, obeying all of those laws from Moses. And that was how the people were considered Mm. God's people. They were included in the family. So this said about this argument, and then Paul and Barnabas, uh, who they were telling the stories of all the Gentiles throughout Asia Minor, all coming to faith. And, of course, the Pharisee believers would say, yeah, let's get them circumcised, let's get them eating right. <laughs> and Paul and Barnabas are going, no, <laughs> yeah. you've got it wrong. So Paul and Barnabas and Peter ended up in this debate. They couldn't come to a resolution. Remember, Peter was saying that the Holy Spirit, was being poured out on the Gentiles in exactly the same way the Holy Spirit was poured out on Jewish believers. God was not making a Mm. distinction anymore. He he wasn't putting a, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit as soon as you do this, that or the other.
0: So the debate wasn't settled in Antioch, so these believers deemed it necessary to travel to Jerusalem to get a ruling from the church leadership. They wanted to obviously resolve this and and settle it once and for all.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because once the debating was over and done with... James, who was in in charge of the church in Jerusalem, he was the half-brother of Jesus, and his response was absolutely clear. He acknowledged what Peter explained, and he then quoted from the prophets to say that they also agreed with Peter. That was pretty significant to Mm. quote from the prophets, because how do you argue about that? How do you say, oh, no, I think the prophets were were (laughs) wrong, especially when they were revered prophets? It was very significant. And then we get this agreement of Peter's account as well, along with the veracity of Scripture. And then James then passed judgment. He, he gave his declaration of resolution on the issue. Mm.
0: So we read about this in Acts 15. It's verses 19 and 20. He says, Therefore it's my judgment that we don't cause trouble for those from the Gentiles who are turning to God, but that we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols, from acts of sexual immorality, from what has been strangled, and from blood.
1: Okay, so you can see from that particular ruling the, the council in Jerusalem, it wasn't a no-holds-barred demand for Gentile believers to be circumcised to maintain uh, kosher dietary laws or to keep all the laws of Moses, but there were still some restrictions set in place uh, for Gentile believers to mm. observe. As A lot of Christians are not aware of that. And so a letter was written. It was then taken to the Gentile church in Antioch uh, to explain what was required of them. And this was... Not a set of requirements for salvation I have to emphasise that They already received Mm. salvation God had already poured his spirit out on them Salvation was granted to them By God through their faith in his son Jesus This letter was about how How to set a standard for their daily life A set of behaviours That would be considered acceptable And write for those who now belong to Jesus, who follow him. And the letter uh, written by the council then got delivered to the church in Antioch by Paul and Barnabas. And then it, it got sent around the place.
0: Well, we read about this once again in Acts 15. This is from verse 23, the letter that was sent out. It said, The apostles and brothers who are elders to the brothers and sisters in Antioch, Syria and Cilicia, who are from the Gentiles, greetings. Since we've heard that some of our number to whom we gave no instruction have confused you by their teaching, upsetting your souls, it seemed good to us, having become of one mind, to select men to send to you, with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we've sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication. If you keep yourselves free from such things, you'll do well. Farewell. And so, of course, they sent that letter out. They went down to Antioch, having gathered the congregation together. They delivered the letter. When they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement.
1: I mean, how good is that? And you can see there at the beginning of that, it says that some of our number, we didn't tell them to say Mm. this to you, they confused you by their teachings and it it upset you. So they acknowledges that there were some in their group who in their enthusiasm got it wrong, but there are some essentials. You don't have to keep the law of Moses, Mm. but there are some essentials. Okay, so it's very clear the Council of Jerusalem, the leadership there, the head of all the churches, they did not require believers to, in essence, become Jewish in order to be considered saved or part of the community, the church community. They did not require all the men in the congregations to become circumcised. They didn't have to suddenly obey kosher laws. They could still eat pork and shellfish if they wanted to. There were some requirements, however, and they were deemed essential, okay, and these essential requirements applied to Gentiles then in the 1st century. They also applied to us in the 21st mm. century and in between all the centuries as well. So from that council... These are our requirements as Gentiles, not for salvation, but they are for a testimony for our conscience sake and for the lifestyle of the believer. So
0: let's just have a look again at those four. The first one is to abstain from things sacrificed to idols, and that means food or anything else. Any food, drink, or item that has been dedicated or used in worship to a false god or idol is a no-go for believers.
1: Now, there are still a lot of pagan uh, nations around the world where uh, sacrifices and offerings and, and whatnot are still... Made today, mm. offerings of food and drink in Buddhist communities. You see little offerings all over the place. To us, as believers, that's a no-go. Mm. As some people, and I think myself included, feel I don't want to eat anything that's halal uh, for that reason. Okay, then there's the abstaining from blood. And this kind of seems like a no-brainer, but um, I don't know. Have you ever heard of black pudding?
0: I've heard of it. I've never never seen or tasted yeah, it. Yeah, but...
1: my mother loved black pudding. <laughs> uh, it's actually a it's black sausage. It's actually made from pig and beef's blood. Uh, It's seasoned with herbs and other bits and pieces. It originated in England and Ireland. And it's eaten by people all around the world. And that, I honestly, I can't (laughs) eat that stuff. I really can't. I never could even Mm. as a kid. But it's obvious to me that's a no-no for Mm. Christians. And you have to ask the question, why is it that you can't eat anything made from blood or eating the blood? Well, in Leviticus 17.11 and Deuteronomy 19.6, it says, You don't eat the blood because the life is in the blood Mm, yeah that's right it's really important exactly
0: and so going on from that uh, the third rule was don't eat anything that's been strangled and for the same reason because obviously if something's strangled its blood hasn't been drained from it and so therefore you're essentially eating the blood with the beast
1: exactly and then the last requirement was to abstain from formication which means not indulging in any sexual immorality at all that means sex is restricted to a married man and his wife. Mm. And they're the restrictions that the council in Jerusalem gave to Gentile believers. Other than those things, they said, we're not going to put any other burden or weight of restraint upon Gentile believers. And can I just tell you, <laughs> what a relief. Mm, I mean, yeah. you could see they were burdened by it and then suddenly they were filled with joy. That was, you know, uh, an absolute lifting of that burden That's right. from them. How could... The Gentile community know how to observe all of the laws of Moses when most of the Jewish community struggled
0: under the weight of it, which is
1: what they'd admitted.
0: Well, Paul went on to provide instructions regarding food, drink, and Sabbaths in Colossians 2. And we're going to look at that next time as we continue to explore this whole theme because some people got very confused about that then and still do today. So we'll explore that next time on Foundations.